Hi, Patriot Pals. Welcome back to the Mel K Show. I am very excited because I have yet another member of what I consider the modern Justice League out there fighting to save America for God and country and all the right reasons. He also is stepping up like I wish more people would and running for Senate in Illinois coming up in 2022. His name is Bobby Piteman. He's here to tell us about himself and what he's going to do to change this country's direction. Thank you for joining me, Bobby. Thanks for having me, Mel. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, I've, I've gotten to know you and I met you and I am so impressed with all your plans and we need more people like you out there. As we've talked about many times, there's a lot of uh, rhinos as well as Democrats, really communist socialists out there right now trying to undermine our country. And I believe cede our sovereignty to a, uh, a new world order, one world government globalist power. And you are on the front lines making sure that that doesn't happen. And I really appreciate it. If you could just tell my audience that doesn't know you yet a little bit about yourself and how uh, you got to this place where you're ready to step up there and make a difference uh, and not just sit on the sidelines. Sure, sure. Um, I'll give you the, the, the quick spiel is I'm the last of 10 children, uh, first generation American. My parents fled communism and as well as lived through World War II. And I'm, I'm a father of five. And, you know, I'm just like anybody else where we just, you know, I kind of kept to myself, did my work, spent time with family and friends. And then a lot of chaos started to unfold, as we saw last year, right. where they were trying to steal our rights. And so I just couldn't sit on the sidelines anymore and started to get involved. It just so happened that I had a skill set that was of use at that moment in November when Liz Harris called me from Arizona. Right. And she asked me to look at some data regarding uh, the whole state of Arizona with, with, the, with the election. And <clears throat> my background in the financial markets allowed me to look at the data differently than maybe some have looked at it in the past. And ever since, um, you know, it's been, it's been just going, uh, um, it's been nonstop uh, in terms of exposing just how, 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 how structurally and systematically they've deployed this fraud on a lot of different fronts to attempt to steal this entire country. I think they were already super wealthy. There was, you know, we all knew that there's there there was a super wealthy element uh, that we live with, uh, but this group decided that they want to take the whole board, right. and 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 I think that's one of the reasons why you know I'm I'm going to keep fighting until the very end because uh, if we don't, uh, they will in fact take the entire board, right. replace us with robots, and then let us probably just die off if I had to guess. Right. Well, yeah, most people um, out there don't. I talk about it a lot on my show. Luckily, I have a really uh, audience that gets a lot of this. But most people don't realize who we're really fighting. Uh, when, when people, you know, they pulled this color revolution. So they've brought in all this chaos with Black Lives Matter and, and LGBTQ and the Women's March. And then they hit us with the COVID and then took all our rights. And a lot of people are still asleep. But you and I have been around the country. A lot of people are waking up to what's going on. But I think you're absolutely right. If we don't um, step up and clean up what happened in 2020 and uh, allow this to continue in 2022, uh, their Marxist revolution, which is what's going on here, and their communist plans for our country, which I believe were in, in play from Rockefeller establishing the United Nations, will succeed. So um, the first thing I want to talk about a little bit is the media, who I believe are the 
probably the second biggest criminals in this whole enterprise that we've watched over the last two years. They say that there was absolutely no cheating in the election. They say that uh, it's the big lie, you know, taking it straight from Goebbels. And uh, you know, and I know that there was plenty. Um, what it does appear, though, is that it's way bigger than we think, that there's a, uh, that it was a coordinated effort to steal the election. What are your thoughts on what really happened in 2020 and uh, how and we can possibly um, make some changes before it's too late? So a couple things. Number one, um, I think the way the 2020 presidential election was run was by a very similar manner in which stocks are rebalanced in a gigantic portfolio. So if you think of, there's the Russell 3000, uh, which is 3000 different stocks. And then there's the S&P 500, which is 500 different stocks. And then the Dow Jones is 30 stocks. Well, there's 3000 counties in America and there happens to be 50 states. And so if you think about different types of ways in which you can optimize a portfolio, uh, you, have, you have different weightings per stock in the portfolio. I think they use the same playbook and this, this kind of comes from the same folks like Soros right. um, and you know the people that work with him. They would have the mathematical know-how in terms of creating uh, an optimized method to minimize the amount of, uh, um, of cheating that they need to do to make it, make it harder to catch, but then do just enough to where they get the result that they wanted. And, you know, I, I, if you, if I wouldn't surprise me at all, if they had a war room where they knew what was happening in real time with all of, all of the results across every single precinct and counting in the, in the country. And frankly, I think they've been capturing how people have been voting through time. We think our vote was private. I do not believe that at all. I think they captured it digitally and they knew what the results would look like prior to uh, the next election. And, and I think when people when when people would show up and not vote the way they historically had voted, it threw their algorithms off. And, you know, if you recall, on the night of the election, you saw that huge gap where all these votes were thrown in. It reminded me of like an order imbalance in the stock market. If you recall, you know, this this doesn't happen as often now. But years ago, when the technology was first being developed on all this programmatic trading, if there was a huge number of buyers or a huge number of sellers of a particular stock, they would gap it up or gap it down. But the specialist would talk and figure out what is the price, depending on what orders were coming in from around the country. And then they would just either move it up 5% or 10% or move it down. And <clears throat> what we saw was a similar type of specialist activity where the specialist on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange would they would they would agree to where they were going to open it based on supply and demand? So it makes me feel as though someone was naming their price, but <laughs> had to come up with how much they wanted to get paid to uh, to put in what they needed to put in, so to speak. Uh, I'm, I'm saying that just sarcastically, but <laughs> it wouldn't shock me if there's a market behind the scenes for how much fraudulent votes are worth, and so. Uh, you know, that's the big overview, but let, let me give you the, I'll, I'll go really fast. This is like take your time. Yeah. 60 seconds minute on, on the overview of the scam. Number one is you need to launder in votes, real votes that are authenticated, uh, you know, paper documents that are very hard to create forgeries of. 
And, and that process, the way you do it is you load the red, you, you know, you overload the, the voter registration rolls with fictitious people. You do it, you do the mail, out, uh, you mail out ballots to a lot of people. Those ballots come back in, they get separated from the envelopes. And that's where the, the voting laundering process starts. It's like, you gotta get the, you gotta get these real votes into the system to possibly be counted. Next, what you do is you get Rock the Vote, you get Motor Voter, you get these other programs in place where you have real people registered to vote that have no intention of ever voting. They're just not gonna vote. And that's okay, people have a right not to vote. Right. But what you do is you get them registered by all means necessary. So then you take the laundered real vote that came in through a fictitious person and you take that real vote and you assign it to a real person that did not vote. Right. So that's part of how the steal happens. So now, as we saw in Pennsylvania and elsewhere, when more people show up to vote than the models had anticipated, you need to assign additional fake votes to other fictitious people. Right. And so what's the largest group of fictitious people in the voter rolls? They are clones of real people. So what, is that, what does that look like? Well, in the state of Nevada, I'll give you an example. The, you know, in the year 2010, there were about 5,000 people with the last name Smith in the state of Nevada that were registered to vote. Fast forward to 2020, there's 13,330 Smiths. So 169% increase. Now here's the deal, Mel. That's not just, that's not one off. There's a thousand names in the state of Nevada that saw their, their uh, number of registrations jump by over 160%. My God. Now you sit there and you're like, well, that's pretty amazing because the state of Nevada only went up by 14.8% in the decade, but yet the thousand most common names in Nevada went up by 160%. And the sheer number of those names went up by 400,000, which wouldn't, wouldn't, isn't that something? The state of Nevada's population went up by the exact same amount over 10 years. So this is so this is where they assign some of those, because if somebody's looking at the voter rolls and they say, wow, there's a lot of Smiths here. Right. I'm just going to make up Bob Smith. I'm not right. saying that he Bob Smith exists in the voter rolls. I, I guess it's not too far fetched to think there is a Bob Smith out there. But let's just say that Bob Smith, you know, there's uh, there's, you know, 50 Bob Smiths uh, in Nevada. And, and they, all of a sudden they created another 80 of us. So now my vote went from 50, if I was one of the Bob Smiths, right. uh, I, I just got diluted down to about 40% or so. Right. So I get 0.4 of a vote because you have these fictitious Bob Smiths. So now when the people are looking over the, the actual results and they want to try to find out who's real and who isn't, you know, people, people don't want to look at 130 names. They want to look at two names and they're going to be like, man, I don't know. I, I can't figure out which Bob Smiths are real and fake. There's just a lot of Bob Smiths. And this is the way they kind of cover up their crime. Right, right. That's amazing. And um, I was also looking at um, who's involved. It appears that uh, Mark Zuckerberg put $300 million of machinery together between him and uh, Soros and his open societies to uh, infiltrate all these precincts all over the place. And uh, what the other thing that's happening is that 
uh, all this external money mixed with the um, with the COVID reasoning behind um, all of these drop boxes and stuff, it appears that the true 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 to vote, I think, are the people that um, they were harvesting tons of uh, tons of ballots and dropping. It would be twenty four people dropping in sixteen hundred ballots, and they have plenty of proof of this happening all over, especially in Georgia. And then we have like you you brought up this um, rock the vote or any of that. We had uh, LeBron James and Obama go into all these precincts with their 30,000 army of, um, of vote watchers and stuff. And we saw in Georgia, them pull out uh, suitcases full of, of ballots and pop them into the machines. Then there's the whole adjudication. The craziest part is people are still actually saying that there's, there was no fraud. How is, how is this going on that people are still um, denying that there's fraud when it's everywhere. I think part of the reason why people are denying or people are still in denial, right, right, is, you know, our entire society is is built around the concept that um, we have a legitimate voting system. And if if you keep pulling on that string, then, you know, every single aspect of our lives is, is called into question. Like how many laws have we been following that are that should have never been passed because criminals, somebody who stole their seat, voted for those laws. Right. We, we have, a, you know, we're, we're basically it's almost like opening up, uh, you know, ironically, uh, Pandora's box. Right. Because the Pandora files just came out a couple of weeks ago. I know. So I think I think there's an element of that that, you know, people don't want to go there. And yeah. so psychologically, it's very draining and, and they, they want to avoid it. But right. my, my, my response to people that don't want to face the music and look at this for what it is, which is it's the crime of a millennia. Right. I, th I think they're literally trying to, to steal the entire the, the nation that's the most successful in the history of humanity. Right. Um, you know, we, we have we have bigger problems. Let me let me let me point out why people that are skeptical should take another look, right? Because this is this is the analogy I tried to come up with because a lot of people are like, how could this possibly be? It's too complicated. You would have to have too many people involved. You know, it's too hard to coordinate thousands of people, you know, that would all be in on this on this crime. You know, maybe there's a couple, but you know, it doesn't make sense that who, you know, why would it be worth somebody's time to try to figure out how to do this? Right. So here, here's the way I break down the problem is, this country is worth uh, 120 trillion. Now that's a hard number for a lot of people to wrap their mind around. So let me put it to you a couple different ways. Number one, it's 120 million millions. So imagine if every worker in America was given a million dollars, that's what 120 trillion is, okay? 120 tr 20 trillion is 120 million families in America each receiving a check for a million dollars. So, you know, what New York City is what, 10 million? So that would only be one twelfth of what 120 trillion is. Okay, if each, each family got a million dollars, each worker. So now, um, so let's, let's talk about it in, in terms of billions. So there's a thousand billions in a trillion. And then there's a million millions in a trillion. Okay, so what, so breaking it down to 120 grand, because that's a number people can wrap their mind around. It's like, hey, it's $120,000. So imagine if the whole country was worth 120,000, 
And we had $7 that we set on the side. So I want you to think of 120 grand, seven bucks. Right. And that $7 was 7,000 elected officials across America, each getting bribed $1 million. That would be $7 billion. So if you bribed every elected official in this country with a million dollars, it would cost you $7 billion. But if you bribe 7,000 people, and it only costs you $7 billion in theory, but you get the grand prize of $120,000. So if you, if you put up seven bucks, you might get $120,000. You might convince yourself, not you, Mel, but other people out there, you know what? I don't mind trying to steal this whole, you know, right. if, I, if I steal this $7 and I get the $120,000, i will give them, you know, $50, $50 back or right. $50,000. You know, like I'll give some of the money back because it's not a bad payoff, you know, because nobody gets prosecuted. Nobody's been going to jail. So if it's like if, if you if you could steal seven to get 120 grand, you know, it's not it's not a bad risk reward. Right. right. And so this is this is why the crime is taking place, because <clears throat> the consequences, uh, there are none right now. We don't exactly. prosecute these people. Right. And and seven billion dollars, just to give you an idea, there's 13 companies in America that generate profits, not revenue, profits of about $7 billion in one week. Right. So it's one week of profits for the 13 of the most powerful companies in this country. And they might have the ability to take the entire country over. Right. And and isn't that kind of what's been happening? Yes, it is what's been happening. And though, yeah, the way I see it also is this election wasn't stolen from Donald Trump. It was stolen from we the people. Every one of our voices was uh, that that because of the amount of fraud was silenced, in my opinion. Um, I'm of the of the thinking that all the way back, maybe 50 years, if not longer, the elections have been decided by this group of very wealthy people at the top. I I say at the top of that is uh, is Rockefeller, but Kissinger and um, and other people, including Soros and uh, you name it at the top and Council of Foreign Relations, Trilateral Commission. These people have decided that we, the people of the United States' voice doesn't really matter, in my opinion. And I feel like they just pulled it off. But again, these people that we're talking about, they planned it a year before uh, the election day. They had their transition integrity project, if you remember, a year before. It was um, this guy Eisen and um, Eric Holder and their whole West exec team. And they came up with these scenarios for uh, what would happen in uh, 2020. And all of those scenarios were about cheating. And it it seems to me that this group of people decided no matter what, Donald Trump was not going to win. And they kept putting out these scenarios to set people up, these phony polls, all this stuff. And then um, on the night of the election, what we know for sure now is Dominion Dominion machines were able to be tapped into by the Internet, um, both in America and overseas. This stuff has been proven. I've seen a lot of this data. Uh, you saw it too. You know, Lindell had the symposium. You've testified about it. Um, and now Dominion's coming out. And the guy, Cromer, who ran Dominion, uh, basically has, um, we have him now on tape saying he was going to do whatever he had to do to make sure Donald Trump didn't win. And uh, more and more is coming out about, about Dominion itself. And they what they did was their lawfare. They went and sued anyone who questioned their machines. 
And uh, now we have definitive proof that those machines were tapped into. Uh, what do you know about that part of this? In terms of um, in terms of the the, um, Internet. the data flows behind the scenes on the machines, I I don't I am not as well versed in that. Right. You know, I don't I didn't um, I haven't kept up with it, so I, I don't know it well enough to, to where I want to speak about it. Right. My, my my focus has been on how are they um, figuring out uh, how to pull in various voters to make the numbers work. Right. And so. Um, I, I could tell you that that you know the other individuals that have figured out how they are running the data through the system. Yeah. Um, it it's the necessary piece for what I'm saying they did. Right. Because what I'm saying they did, and they they ran probability maps in real time. Yep. To figure out where they needed to pull various voters and shift them across the state, not just within the state. It seems as though this has happened across state lines. Right. And when I testified before the Georgia Senate in December, I did say that up, up to you know, 695,000 votes were transferred from Pennsylvania to Georgia by various last names that were destroyed across the various counties of Pennsylvania. I didn't have any proof of how they did it with the machines. But, you know, subsequently, you know, I think Gateway Pundit had an article five months later that they have proof through digital logs that the data was transferred across state lines. They so do. I, I could show stuff as to what happened. Right. I didn't know. I didn't know how they pulled it off. And, and I did say that it wasn't Internet, you know, that, that that it wasn't interstate crime. Right. And that it's it's far more serious that either a global actor, a state actor or maybe a multinational corporation did it. Right. So I, I, but you know, one thing I want to mention, Mel, because you mentioned 50 years. It's funny how God works, I think, because this morning I was looking at the budget. Uh, I, I went to the CBO.gov, uh, you know, the, yeah. the Chicago, you know, I'm sorry, the, um, uh, um, the CBO is the um, Central uh, Budget Office. Yeah, yeah. Congressional Budget Office. Oh, right, right. And, and, you know, when I was looking at that, I pulled down. The, the amount of debt that the United States had. And it got me thinking about, you know, these scumbags at the, uh, you know, the Council of Foreign Affairs. Right. And in particular, this Klaus, uh, what is it? Klaus Schwab. Schwab. Yeah, that guy. Right. So here, here's, here's an interesting thing. In 1971, if you, if anybody starting out uh, in high school, getting a job, working minimum wage, earned about $1.65 an hour. So it only took you two hours, two hours to buy a barrel of oil. So if you think about that, your, your time was worth, you could buy, you, you know, you only have to work two hours to get a barrel of oil. So, you know, one, you get a half a barrel of oil for one hour of work, minimum wage in the United States in 1971. And now a barrel of oil is over 80 bucks. So minimum, you know, so if you think about it, you know, minimum wage should be 40 you know, to keep the same purchasing power. Now, what's crazy about that is the productivity of our country over the last 50 years is probably at least quadrupled. So we probably generate $160 worth of work for, you know, for, for uh, what we're getting paid. So they've literally created a slave class within the United States. So I just happened to pull up this and I was looking at the debt held by the public. Because one of the things I've been going around and saying is 
the national debt held by the public was $3 trillion in the year 2000, $3 trillion or so. Right. And now it's $21 trillion, okay? $21 trillion. So it went up by $150 a week every week for 20 years straight on every single American. Well, the national debt in 1971 was $300 billion, $303 billion. So think about that for a second. Now, to give you some perspective, 13 largest companies in this country, tech-related, data-related, the ones that use our information against us, right. they make more money per day. They make over a billion dollars a day in profit. Within one year, they earn as much as the entire public debt held by the United States in 1971. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So you think about that. They wipe out all the debt. So obviously we got a big problem here. I think we, the people are going to need to have our own great reset. Yep. And that great reset is going to be writing down all this fictitious debt. Right. Because they've been ripping us off. They, you know, I, I was sitting there thinking, you know, I just for the heck of it, I happen to live in Illinois. And as everybody knows, uh, you know, Mel mentioned it right in the beginning. I'm running for the United States Senate. Yep. against Tammy ain't worth the flying duck. Duckworth. Okay. Yeah, good. And uh, BobbyPyton.com if you want to check me out and support me. But here, here's what, here's one of the things that's come up. Farming. Farm, right. The farm economy of Illinois is a really big deal, right? And uh, I was talking to my campaign manager about it. And I said, you know, I, I, I think that a lot of the politicians have been looking at this wrong in Illinois, not just Illinois and other farm states. Right. And, um, you know, so I just decided to look at the price of corn back in 1971. And, and would you believe that the price of corn has only gone up about fourfold, right? Because of government subsidies. Right. So four, fourfold. Full, full. But the price of oil has gone uh, up almost 25 fold. So yeah. four versus 25. So let's just call it six X, six right. times as much. Okay. Now, if you think about this, if you're the Rockefellers and you turned around and you got broken up, Standard Oil was changed. And, right. you know, they, they broke up the, um, um, uh, um, you know, they broke up the cartel of the Rockefeller family in the United States a hundred something years ago, or so we thought. Right. They go to the Middle East and they take over a country called the Saudis. Right. Right. And they say, you know what? We're going to let you be, pretend like you're in charge and you're the king but it's ours. Okay. Right. And we're going to have the U S military muscle to enforce our, our, uh, our wealth over here. Sound familiar? Bush yes, family yeah. has ties to the Rockefellers too. Yep. So all of a sudden, you know, if you can drive up the price of oil six times faster than the price of crops since the seventies. Right. And then you can use your currency from the oil market to just buy up property, right. All the farmland in the country. Right. Now, what's really disturbing about this whole process is in 1973, I mentioned 71, in 1973, all right around the same area, Mel, 1971, July 1st, they changed the voting age from 21 to 18. Then in 1972, 73, right around there, they started to, to promote abortion. And I think that they stole the Supreme Court back then, too. So now. Right around there, George H.W. Bush makes a visit to China. Right. Isn't that something? 
opens up trade. The average person in China is making like two, 300 bucks a year at the time. Right. Okay. So now you undermine future generation of uh, Americans being born. Right. Um, you undermine the voting system because people are voting younger when they don't really know what the heck is going on just yet. And then you uh, you start outsourcing right. the entire manufacturing base of the United States. Now, this took place over decades. Right. But but while you knock out all, you know, like I looked at the data in Illinois and right now, um, you know, when you look at um, the population losses of Illinois, over about half of the population loss that we've suffered as a state is in the 80 smallest counties of Illinois. There's 102 counties. Right. Now those 80 counties is 2 million people. Now the, the 22 larger counties are about 11 million people, but we lost the same number of people from the 2 million as the 11 in, in terms of raw numbers of people. Right. Now, if those, all these folks are leaving, and you have high oil prices, which we see at the pump now, more than doubled in a year. Right. And you could turn around and buy up the property in those farm towns on the cheap. Right. Buy the oil proceeds after you devastated the, the manufacturing base. So right. it's a one-two punch. Screw everybody on the manufacturing. Screw everybody on your farm prices. By trying to make people feel like they're getting a deal for subsidies from the government. And then meanwhile, they're running away with it on the oil market. Right. Right. And so, you know, we, we, we're up against, obviously this is, you know, it's a criminal cartel. It's a criminal cartel is what it is. And, you know, it's funny. I've been driving around the country. I've been in 10 States in five weeks. And the saddest thing to me is what you're talking about. The acres and acres and acres of abandoned farmland all over this country also full on uh, manufacturing towns with the manufacturing, but also with the homes and the hotels and the restaurants all abandoned, all st whole steel towns abandoned, all this stuff abandoned while, like you said, what happened was when, um, in my opinion, when Rockefeller and them created the United Nations um, with their plan, I believe already in place for their, for their one world government, they talk about it, it's not a conspiracy theory. George H.W. Bush made many references as did Rockefeller and Kissinger and all of them. But what they did also, like you just said, is they invited in China, the CCP. When they invited the CCP into the United Nations, um, that was just a farce. They were already planning to move all our stuff to China. They were already into everything going on with the CCP because the Chinese Communist Party cannot be in the United Nations and live by the what the United Nations is supposed to be about because the Chinese Communist Party is only loyal to the Chinese Communist Party. So from that day on, um, the CCP has infiltrated the United Nations. And what most people don't realize is if you look at the United Nations now at the very top of every committee is a member of the Chinese Communist Party running it. And then you brought up Klaus Schwab with um, the World Economic Forum, which is connected to the UN, we know. And, and what they've done is the Chinese have bought up most of our farmland so that we can't farm, or if we farm, it all goes to them. And then we have Bill Gates buying up our farmland and uh, the American citizens and the American people aren't reinvesting our own money and our own effort into our own land and our own manufacturing. And now we're at this place where um, they've attacked, I believe, our grid and, uh, and our ability to even uh, import stuff. And they're planning now this next phase is a, uh, is a famine and a, a time of no oil, low, low, 
high prices, all of this. And this was all by design, in my opinion. All that land uh, is basically has been stolen from we the people in our country. Yeah, well, I mean, they see the way they try to hide behind all this is they stole it legally, right? They, they bribed um, politicians to uh, allow them to, to, to steal it by manipulation that, would, that occurred in what would otherwise be a free market system. Right. So they, they undermine the whole concept that capitalism is, is the superior system while the way, the way they designed it by manipulating the political process. Because capitalism, when it's truly behaving properly, um, is is the most just economic system. But if you want to undermine that reality, then you create crony capitalism, which is another version of feudalism, which, you know, to get people to wrap their mind around that, you just think about like the movie Braveheart, you know, where they have serfs living on the land and then everybody else has estates. Right. And, and this is what, what we're up against. Yeah. Um, you know, my, a, a good friend of mine, Roger mentioned when he was driving around the country and, and I've noticed now that he's been dragging me around seeing other stuff that there's been a lot of corn in Illinois. And I'm not sure if this is happening elsewhere. So maybe you've seen it when you were traveling that has gone unharvested. Yeah. And I, and I I've don't understand it. why that is. We don't know who we can even ask. But he, he basically brought up the fact that I wonder if they're going to try to create food shortages. That is. And, and yeah. so and we don't know how much is not being harvested. But but these ships, Mel, my concern about the ships, and I don't know if it's abnormal or not. Um, but one of the things I was worried about back in December and January was these cargo ships, um, you know, is these these cargo ships might potentially have. Uh, weapon systems on them called Club K. I think it's Club K or K Club. I always get them mixed up. But let's just say it's Club K. These Club K missile systems might be on these cargo ships. And if you think about it from a, a, the standpoint of um, the, you know surrounding the United States with these ships, that if these weapon systems are on these ships, I pray to God and I, I tweeted out last night that I hope Space Force is, stays safe and that they have the, the capability of possibly having to defend um, our nation if, in fact, that what they are trying to make appear as though a supply chain shock that they can't process these ships, that these, you know, that this, these artificial shortages being caused, right. that might not be the real play. Right. That might be just a distraction where the real thing is they're setting up pieces on a board to try to figure out where to strike us to try to take this country over. Yeah. And, and mean, they might a- be they might literally might be trying to starve us out, because if you think about it, if you want to take over the United States. Run down their supply chain. Right. Run down their food supply. Then you hit them. Right. And and. um get everybody to quit the military, get people to quit the hospitals because you, you force unconstitutional jabs on them. Right. So this enemy is super sophisticated. They're, right. they've literally, they're destroying the, the, the hospital system to keep us safe. They went after the police. Right. They went out, now they're going after the military. They're running our supply chain now. Right. I got to tell you, man, we we're running out of time. They better start, 
we're going to need to act. I agree. I agree. Because this is is far more sinister than people realize. I know. That's what I say all the time. I also, you brought up uh, Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum. People need to know that he wrote a book called COVID-19, The Great Reset. And that was his first book that he put out. It it blatantly just tells everything that happened in the last year and a half, along with then he was involved with simulating the pandemic with uh, Bill Gates and Event 201 with the media and Bloomberg, Johns Hopkins, Bill Gates and the World Economic Forum and World Health Organization. Then the next thing he did was something called the Cyber Polygon Tabletop Exercise at the World Economic Forum. And if you look that up because they put it all out there because that's how they do it, you will find that that is the complete and total destruction of our supply chain, a famine, uh, taking down of our electric grids and all of that. And his next book is The Fourth Industrial Revolution, which doesn't include people. It includes, it's not funny, but it's what you're saying. What it includes is a slave class and an elite, really elite class and no middle class. And if you look at the past year and a half at what happened in this, in the world, not just in America, it was a slaughter on the middle class because that's where innovation is. That's where creativity is. That's where freedom of thought and speech and and, uh, ingenuity and all of that lies in the middle class. But the middle class is also the people that fight back. And like you're saying, they've weakened us out so much by opening up our borders the way they did and uh, then bringing over all these unchecked Afghanis. We know during Obama, he put cells all over the country. Yeah, we the people really have to wake up. And the other thing to remember about fixing 2020, which could reverse all of this uh, pretty quickly if, if, it was, if we had an honest press and an, and an honest uh, government, which we don't, is... Um, the bottom line now is we, the people, really have to start uh, taking uh, this seriously and realizing, forget about the Trump election being stolen. In everyone's local community, they have sheriffs and city council members and, um, and school board people and judges and prosecutors that also are fraudulently in office. And until we demand, see, every county can ask for an audit. And that should happen. But every every individual American citizen can also ask for a receipt of their of their vote to make sure that their vote was placed properly by them for whom they wanted. And I just feel like the American people have to mobilize at this point because we can't just wait for some white hat military to come come take uh, take back our country. We have to figure out how to do it. And like you said, so much is unconstitutional, but we do have the Constitution and the Bill of Rights that we should be holding with us everywhere we go and fighting for that. Can I tell you how I think we could take our country back? Yes, that's what we need, solutions. So so here's an idea I had and I passed it along um, to some folks, you know, in our our military. Um, I'm sure you'd recognize some of the names. Is, Is as Americans that are serving our nation in the military, refuse to have their constitutional rights violated and won't get jabbed. My suggestion was that they work with the 3,100 plus sheriffs in this country to form militias that are coordinated by the sheriff. And then they pull in American citizens because we have the right to bear arms and that we properly start creating a defense system and structure right. on each of the 3,100 counties in this in this nation, right. and then drill down and possibly do it on a community level, right. but that at least they use their skills 
and we 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 make sure that we're equipped to protect us ourselves from domestic and foreign threats. Right. The other thing, Mel, I don't know if you saw this, but I, I mentioned it on Stu Peters' show um, yeah. on Monday. Was as a U.S. Senate candidate, if I get elected into office next year, I will immediately push to um, have. Um, uh, hold on one second. My battery's about to die. Roger, my phone's, um, my computer, someone unplugged it. No, no, over there. And so make sure that, I don't know what, why that was unplugged. Hold on, I, I don't want to lose you here midstream. Hold on. So uh, what I'm saying is, is every single person in the military that refused to have their rights violated, right. I, would, I would push for legislation to reinstate them for full pay, as well as all back pay and benefits that were lost for standing up for our constitution. Right. All of the criminals that pushed for this nonsense, I think we stripped them of their pensions. Right. They took an oath to uphold the U.S. Constitution. They violated that oath. Right. They should be stripped and replaced right. of what they did. Now, the same should hold true for the public's, the private sector. So companies that violated the United States Constitution, mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned, they should be held liable. Yep. And we should make sure uh, it's not plugged in again. So now, no, you just it, now it is. OK, is um, it was it was um, sorry about that technical difficulty. I'm not sure why that cord got unplugged, Roger, but uh, it, it usually was plugged in. But um, so so what I'm saying is, is that all the private sector companies right. that are publicly traded, they trade on the U.S. stock market. Right. They should be they should by law be required to abide by the United States Constitution. Right. To, to be able to trade on our public equity markets. If they violate our Constitution, we should delist them immediately. Right. We should not allow companies from communist regimes like China to be listed on the United, stock, United States stock exchanges. Right. They do not share our values and our beliefs. We should not funnel money to them from the private investor class and the institutional class. Right. And, and this, is, this is the way we solve this. We right. get the militias built and we should have them on an ongoing basis. Yep. There's no reason we we're, we're basically like you know what it is we're swimming naked now yeah you know, the, the the water the water receded and we're, we're finding out that we're as a nation we're really really exposed yeah we don't have extra extra food supplies kind of reminds me of joseph in uh in the bible you know with the seven years of a famine right kind of feel like we're we really set ourselves up here um and 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 i i'm hopeful that there are enough patriots and there are enough good people that still do exist in various right. parts of our dysfunctional, corrupt government right. that are going to help solve this. But to your point, in the meantime, we need to, to, to completely reboot yeah. uh, active citizenship of right. every level within our society. Right. Like you said, the school boards, every PC, I've been pushing for people to become a PC, but be it, be an active PC in which they 
actively look at the voter registration rolls right. and help strip out all the fraudulent people. Right. Go start to meet everybody that is within your precinct. Don't just be one passively. Go meet everybody. Right. And right. you know what? Even the ones that are labeled, uh, uh, you know, the other party, if you're a Republican and you see their Democrat on the voter rolls, right. go introduce yourself. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're all Americans first. We should not confuse the communist Democrats with the rhinos because right. the, the, the pinko rhinos are the offset of the communist Democrats. Right. And those two groups of people are the uniparty. Crenshaw is one of these pinko rhinos. Yeah. Kinzinger in Illinois is oh, one God, of these yeah. pinko rhinos. Yeah. I think we all know who they are. Yeah. And so we what we, you know, and even Crenshaw is part of that, uh, that World Economic Forum, right? I know. Yes, so it is. And so yes, this, is. Is, this is an example. By the way, Mel, I want to say something, and you feel free to run with this because you're on here more than I am every day, you know, like with your show. <laughs> but <clears throat> I think it would be a huge service if you, as well as other people that are pursuing the truth and us cleaning up this mess, call out the corrupt YouTubers, these stations that back these these scumbags right. and say, guys, stop watching these shows that 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 try to celebrate the Crenshaws and the yeah. Kinzingers. Find out which one of these shows are going to expensive birthday parties. <laughs> and, you know, they act as though, you know, everything's OK because, you know, they self-censor because they're just they're They literally are just sellouts. Yeah. I, think I can't do that. About, you, <laughs> you, do we that. need to we need to start calling them all out and exposing them for what they are. Right. They're not on Team America. They no. might think they are. And maybe they started out on Team America, but they're on team for themselves. Right. And they don't care that their actions have long term repercussions for the rest of us. Which right. Is what's, what's so sad and disgusting about it. Yeah, that's why I think that um, I, a, I agree with you. I um, I've been saying for a long time that it's that we have the right and, and Jefferson like prepared for this just in case. And it does say that when it's come to this point where we're we have a tyranny and oligarchy running D.C., they do not relate to us. They don't care about the American people. In, in fact, I think Pelosi and all of them are disgusted by the American people and, and can't even they don't even think about us as, as real anymore. We're just this chunk that they have to deal with somehow and, and instruct on how to live. Well, I think DC is a full on dumpster fire. And like you said earlier in the in this discussion, uh, it's not constitutional. Almost anything that they're doing, all of their committees and even if the Patriot Act was written two years before 9-11, there's a lot of stuff that's going on that is um, all of these agencies, they're, they're being used against us. And I said that um, Jefferson said that in the, in the Constitution, we have the right to form militias when we're at this point. And it's our duty to replace that government that has become tyrannical and, uh, and, and not for the people, by the people, with a government that is for the people and by the people. And we have that framework right now. We have the things that matter, which are the Constitution, which uh, the Bill of Rights, the Bible. But what really is constitutional is the, um, the executive branch, the Supreme Court, which needs to be revetted, in my opinion, and everyone that is corrupt in the Supreme Court should be replaced. And then the uh, 535 representatives of the state, because I think uh, D.C. is a dumpster fire. And the only way to save D.C. is to remember that we're a constitutional republic and have people like you in Illinois and in every state 
take back the state's rights first and then figure out what to do with the federal government. Because right now the federal government is against the American people. It's only, I feel, the states that can actually take back power and save this country, which includes your idea about the sheriffs. Well, like you said, we 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 have a we have a tremendous amount of work ahead of us. But the thing that we do have going for us is there's um, across all seven thousand elected officials in this country, there's about forty seven thousand of us. Right. Forty seven thousand. So if we could just get just one out of every thousand people, so forty seven people per elected official. Right to be watching them like a hawk. Right. We just need to organize 47 per elected official. Right. I think we can solve this much faster than people think. I agree. It's going to just take more of what you're doing and what what other people in the movement are doing, which is informing the public, exposing the truth. It's 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 gut wrenching, right? You got to get it in small doses. Sometimes it's it's very draining. But uh, to your point, it you know, D.C., a dumpster fire, I almost feel like it's, um, I, I mean, I, the, the, the imagery that I have is a little different than yours. I just view it as toxic sludge. Yeah. Like it's, just, <laughs> it, it's, it's just, it, and it turns my stomach that, yeah. you know, in the event, uh, in the event I am elected, that I have to go there, right? Because it's, it's like, I, I really don't want even want to go there, um, you know, but because it's just, it's so almost need, like a, a work you. environment that you would you wouldn't right. wish on anybody. <laughs> no, but we need people like you to go there. They've turned. Listen, also another thing that they've done. I believe one six was orchestrated a false flag to threaten we the people that we better not fight back and form militias and in any way, shape, or form. We have political prisoners in D.C. for wrong thing that have been in jail for six months and nobody seems to be doing anything. They're legitimately prisoners, in my opinion, of war. I think we're in World War III. I think the, the Wuhan virus and everything that came after, in my opinion, was planned. And uh, we have to start thinking more strategically like that. And uh, what you just said is so important. They've turned running for pol- running for office, which should be a civic duty that people do. You know, the founding fathers, they didn't int- intend for it to be a lifelong career. It was supposed to be something people did uh, to, to help America grow and, and build and, and then move on and go, go elsewhere and term limits and all that. But yeah, I mean, the problem is we, people are scared to run. I'm sure you're getting attacked. They don't, the the machine on the other side, the communist globalists, they're not even Americans that are running our country. They're communist globalists, elite uh, and technocrats. But the bottom line is if we don't have more people like you willing to fight, then we're never gonna solve it. So as much as it, you know, going there will be bad, but going there and being a good guy in a a sea of, I believe, swamp creatures uh, is what has to happen. We We need a few people like you that are willing to step up and take the, slings and arrows, like Trump said, and uh, fight back because we don't have enough. We have maybe I look at six guys uh, right now in uh, in D.C. that I feel like still care about we the people. And um, who, are, who are your six? Brave. I'm just curious. In my opinion, I think Rand Paul, uh, I think uh, Ron Johnson. Uh, I think uh, I still I still like Ted Cruz, I think. Uh, and then there's other people, um, Jim Jordan, uh, Devin Nunes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just that small. Yeah, so this, uh, OK, so we have the same because I, I think <laughs> I, I think Julian Assange was right. It's like 98 yeah. percent of it's going to go down. 
Yeah. I just keep trying to find that, uh, that 11th, 12th person, you know? No, so, I agree but, with Julian um, Assange hundred percent. Why do you think they're persecuting him? Yeah. Uh, you know, he knows it all. And that's another thing. We need some justice now. I hope you get there, but we got to start demanding we, the people, some justice. We have all these cases out there and they've done all this BS with Trump, all these ridiculous, not true investigations when we have major fraud by major people and nobody's doing anything. Fauci's creating bioweapons with the CCP lab for years with our taxpayer dollars. Isn't that treason? Millie's calling the CCP to tell them he's not going to honor the president of the United States that we elected. Isn't that treason? <laughs> we need well, of course, justice. of course, it's treason. I actually last night I, I posted um, I think on my Telegram channel that anybody who's found guilty of um, being involved in this voter fraud should be taken to zero and put on tri a trial for treason, yeah. as well as um, you know crimes against humanity. Yeah. And anybody who was involved in stealing elections, not just in the United States, mm -hmm. but in any country on earth, right. that the money that is confiscated should go into a sovereign wealth fund on behalf of we the people in each respective nation. Right. So I put that out there last night. Good for you. But, but That's how but you to, do it. But to your point, <laughs> You know, um, obviously, I'm not taking any corporate donors. Yeah. Um, and I did my first filing. I think, you know, overall, I think we came in at about 100,000. These people are raising millions you know, to, to fight back. So if people that are watching your show want to get involved, BobbyPyton.com, uh, B-O-B-B-Y-P-I-T-O-N, please support, even if it's five bucks, a cup yeah. of coffee from Starbucks, something yeah. to help because- Look, it costs money to pay people. I'm not receiving a penny. I'm not taking a penny while I'm running for office. I have my, I still have my career that I do. Um, and and I'm, I'm very frugal with the money. Like I'm just paying a campaign manager and then just signs. And, and, but at the end of the day, if people don't have five, $10 to donate, but then want to in the, you know, as, a, as this campaign heats up, maybe make phone calls right. to people in Illinois to say, hey, you know, let me tell you about Bobby. Please go to our website and just sign up for that because we need, Illinois is the tip of the spear. If you look at how corrupt Illinois is, oh my God. if we don't fix Illinois, right now it's 70% Democrat right. and then 20% Rhino. So right, right now it's 90% the communism in right. Illinois. <laughs> if, we, if we don't turn this state, the rest of America is going to look like Illinois. Right. I don't well, mean to scare yeah. you guys, but it's it's a suit. This is this is the uh, this is the, the real sewage of, right. of the nation right now. Illinois had so much so so much going for it, but here's here's the deal, Mel Rockefeller. I know University of Chicago. I know communist Heather underground, a communist Pritzker. You know right. that's running the state. Yep. Uh, the tyrant that has everybody wear masks and then goes to uh. his place and. Wisconsin or, or Florida with his, you know, and, and doesn't doesn't follow the same thing that he puts onto the surfs of Illinois. Right. Yeah. You, and and the whole Chicago syndicate, Weather Underground, Bill Ayers, all them, Saul Alinsky, the whole Erickson. It's, it's a mess. But I'm in New York City. So believe me, I get it. We have no cops, no government, no, uh, no housing for the homeless. No, no bail. It's yeah. crazy and it's a war on we the people. And it doesn't matter if you're in Illinois or, or California or New York, 
Uh, we got to support America first candidates, period. We need everyone, people like you in DC to fight for us. We don't have enough people in DC. So anyone that can donate, please donate. I'll have you back as much as possible. And uh, we'll put all your links below. People, I'll put your telegram as well, because it's really informative. And uh, you're a fighter and we need fighters. And it doesn't matter if you're from Illinois or not. If people can support Bobby, that's something we have to do for every state. We need to get people from every state into D.C. that are going to fight for we, the people of the United States. And um, look, we're at a place united. We stand or divided. We fall. And it shouldn't be we, the people that are divided. And that's all by design. So uh, thank you so much for coming, Bobby. Thank and you so uh, much. Please, please come back. And uh, why don't you leave our uh, our viewers on um, a positive uh, solution they can do today to uh, start to turn the tide in their own world and their own environment? Well, a positive thing would be obviously pray every day is super important. And that, and I think it helps keep us grounded with this madness that we're spirits first right? in, in human form, not humans in spirit form. And then the other thing that would be super helpful is just get involved as an active citizen as a PC or help a PC. If you already have a PC in your area, maybe you're the backup. Maybe you're going around helping get get more Americans engaged yeah. and map out what you need to do from what you're hearing from Mel's show, from, from other things that you're reading. Bring the information to the people because our corrupt media is lying to everybody right now. And, and, and if we don't bring the message to them, um, you know, we're, we're going to be like the frog in boiling water. Right. Uh, they just keep raising the temperature and they're going to cook us all. And which is what True. they've been doing extremely well. So that that's what I would say. Great. Just get involved. And you know what? You're going to meet, meet a lot of new friends right. and people. That's how I met Mel. Yeah. You know, like that's I, why I encourage people to come to events that we go to. I've been to so many. And anyone could go to my website, themelkshow.com, and check out what events are coming up. Really important to engage with your community, like-minded folks, and uh, team up because... What these demons really hate the most is the idea that we will be united and fight back in a way that they can't uh, overwhelm us, which is with truth and facts and God, which we have God on our side for sure. So I will see you next time, Bobby. And everyone, okay. please, please support Bobby and uh, other candidates that are going to go to D.C. and actually work for us. Thank you so much. Thank we'll you. See you next time. Bye bye. God bless.